0: Welcome to Caffeine Crime and Canines, a podcast brought to you by two girls who love their dogs, love coffee, but most importantly, love true crime.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What about you? I just woke up, so I'm just drinking coffee, so hopefully you can't hear me sipping away <laughs> throughout the episode. No? that's all right. <laughs> I feel like it's fitting because we've got
0: caffeine in our side, so it works.
1: People should expect it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, I feel like there's so much to update this week. I like, know. So much has happened in the last I'm... week on cases we've spoken about. did do um, a rundown? Yeah, so first I wanted to talk about Brian Laundry. So it's been determined that his cause of death was suicide. Is
1: it gu- I think it was gunshot. Gunshot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So he obviously went somewhere and took took care of himself. <laughs> yeah. And you know what?
1: I actually very because his family released that because obviously they just wanted to put it. Put it to bed, and, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I thought that was interesting as well that they re- they they're the ones that released the cause of death just so mm. they could do you know what I mean. Like that's that's yeah. it. That's the end, you know? Yeah. Um,
0: so and what else? I feel like
1: there's something else. Um oh. hello. I'm
0: oh, sorry, you know what I, <laughs> I was gonna say to It's because I've been watching Jersey Show, Angelina's like, um hello, like the <laughs> the freak,
1: missing camp is locked. Oh yes, that's it. That's
0: the other one. So like. for those that aren't up-to-date, a man has been charged for the double murder of Carol Clay and Russell Hill. It's one guy. His name's Greg Lynn. He's a Jetstar pilot. He lives in West Melbourne and he obviously travels to Gippsland quite regularly to go camping, I think, alone. Um, and He's like was, a family man. Yeah. As he, well. like- And he was camping in the Gippsland at the time when he was arrested. Um so they haven't released why like why it all went down, but it sounds like he's told them where their remains are. So they're trying to find them at the moment. Um, but for me, I feel like maybe he just like got into an argument with them and lit their camp on fire.
1: See, and do you know he was questioned originally as oh, well. He? Yeah. So um, I thought that was really interesting as well, that he was questioned and then they must have do you know what I mean gone back to him to question him again. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I agree. It must have just been something. I wonder if it was to do with that drone. Remember he had that drone, Fred, that he used to fly around? Maybe well, it was... I don't think that's been
0: found yet. No, exactly. So... so who knows what the footage was on there? Yeah, exactly. And um, this Greg Ling guy apparently, like, um, repainted his car and sold his trailer and stuff like that. I think Gum- Gumtree was how
1: he sold. the it. police
0: tracked him down, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, Look, yeah. do you see the color
1: he sprayed? painted his
0: car? What the heck?
1: And Why like, would you? Is beige? Why would you? What beige cars do you even see driving
0: around? Like he's so, such a random color. <laughs> well, I was yeah, and I was thinking like, oh, because he's painted his car, he obviously knew he'd murdered them. Because I thought maybe he just like lit their camp on fire and didn't realize they were in the tent or something. But oh, if he's painted his car and he's doing, he's actively trying to, you know, yeah. He's yeah, he obviously knew, so it'll be interesting to see where their remains are and if that tells us anything.
1: And he must have, you know, what is freaking crazy, he must have taken their remains with the trailer. Yeah, yeah. And could you imagine you bought this random freaking trailer? of I know, country? I know, and I know. that's the trick. Could you imagine? Oh, that would just be. And you're like yeah. watching this thing on the news every night about two people missing it in the backyard, like the trailer you just bought that carried their bodies. Like it's freaking crazy.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, that's the update. So that's pretty crazy. Yeah, and hopefully, I mean, like fingers crossed for their
1: families, their bodies are found and mm. do you know what I mean? Like at least they can have some sort of closure yeah. with what happened.
0: Well, um, I had a friend actually say to me, do you reckon he, or maybe it was you, I can't remember, um, <laughs> do you reckon he's responsible for any of the other missing people in the high country?
1: That would be so.
0: I actually, that wasn't me, but that's actually a really good point. Mm, I don't think so. I feel like this is very spur of the moment. Maybe because he's like a family man or whatever they say. Like, I don't know. uh, You
1: know what? I wouldn't be surprised though. Like, if he's gone to this much effort to um, like sort of like throw off police, who's to say that he wasn't there at other times? You just don't know. Like, maybe he's, imagine he's a serial killer. (laughs) Imagine.
0: (laughs) oh but yeah freaking nuts yeah so that's 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 the updates. yeah um but today we're talking about William Turrell which we um announced it last week and Karina and I've both busily been trying to get as much info into the episode as we can um and there's obviously some things that we can't talk about as it's all happening as we speak, but we'll do our best to go through the story and, and update you on what's been happening. So, do you want to get into it, Karina? Or do you yes. Have no, yeah. no, we should get into it. Yep, definitely. All right, let's go. Um, so William Tyrrell was born on the 26th of June, 2011. And when he was a baby, not sh- not long after he was born, him and his sister, who was a couple of years older than him, were placed into foster care due to his biological parents having drug and alcohol issues. I think there was a little bit of domestic violence as well. Um, now, the identities of William's biological parents have not been identified because he was in the foster system. We don't know any actual names or identities of both his biological and foster parents. So when his biological parents were made aware that they were going to be putting William and his sister in foster care, they actually attempted to hide him. They apparently, like, went on the run for several weeks with the kids um, and then they were arrested and the kids were obviously placed into foster care. Hey, you know what, sorry, just quickly, I think his sister was already in foster care.
1: So they fostered out his sister. like Sorry, like they took the sister away from them. and Before. Then, yes. Mm. And then when they had him, they thought like, oh, like they won't take him. And then when they told him, that's why, do you know what I mean? Like they're like, no, you're not taking this one. And they ran away with him.
0: Mm. I also read, um, and I don't know how true it is, but I also read that they've, during a supervised visit, they also attempted to take him again. I don't oh, know if that's true. Now. Okay, yeah, because I only read it once. It's not like a it's not like a piece of information that I constantly saw throughout. It was I read it once. I don't know if it's true or not.
1: You know, I listened to this podcast and I feel like it was a bit more um, biological parents base and i'm pretty sure there's an interview in there and I'm, i mean i could be completely making this up but i'm pretty sure they questioned about that because obviously it was like a big rumor and mm. they had said like the biological parents like no we have never tried to do that during a visit because we always hope in getting our kids back and by mm. doing that that's not going to benefit anyone so they always say that they were like on their best behavior throughout yeah. the visits for that reason because they always hope to have their family back together.
0: Yeah, and it's like they had their issues, but they always planned for the foster situation to be temporary. Yes. They they were really trying to, you know, get their kids back.
1: And you know one of the I think one of the main things as well is it was the biological father, like for the mother to keep William, she had to, um, like, stay away from the biological father. That mm-hmm. was, like, the terms. Mm-hmm. And apparently, like, so they pretended that they had separated and broken up so they could keep William, but secretly they were still together. Yeah.
0: They've had Yet- two other kids um, aside then. from, yeah, William and, and the sister. So they're obviously, in a, you know, they were in a pretty deep Long-term. relationship. Yeah. like, um, But, yeah, so William... Was placed into a foster home with a lady and a man from Sydney. I think they were like professionals. I think they were quite well off. They took the kids to trips to Bali and stuff like that. So, um, and it's also been t- said that they're now this was from the foster parents. So we don't know, you might be able to shed some light on this about how the biological parents felt, but there apparently was no animosity between the two families. Like I said, William's biological parents understood that their actions had placed the kids into foster care and they were going to get them back. Um, and they accepted that they were receiving great care from um, the foster parents. Um, and then William's foster parents also have come out to say, you know, they never p- were trying to replace their parents. They knew that this was a foster situation and, um, and apparently understood like the two families had a bit of an understanding. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like from what I've read and seen, like both families, um, like you said, they they both knew the situation. Um, like obviously the birth family knew that do you know what I mean? That they'd sort of like they were in this situation, but they always planned on getting them back. But I did read two really interesting points, and one is I think it came from um William's biological mother. She's actually said that on, I don't know if it was like like let's just say Um, a, um, what's it called, like a visit leading up to the disappearance that he was looking quite skinny. Mm. So she's mentioned that. And another thing which I thought is, like it's definitely a talking point, is that the kids were actually calling her birth mum when they saw her the last time. They weren't calling Mm. her mum. And
0: they were calling their foster Um, family, mum and dad. Mum and dad. Yeah. 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 And apparently for the biological mum, that was quite heartbreaking because she was only expecting it to be temporary. Yeah. Um, And obviously that, yeah, like you said, they still had regular supervised visits with the birth family. So they were always still a part of their life. It's not like they were shut out completely or anything like that.
1: Yeah, actually, just when I'm, like, just looking into foster care, like, situations, and honestly, there's two sides. I guess there's two things to – so, obviously, sides to every story. I'm pretty sure with uh, William's sister, because, obviously, she's with the same family, she was already – they had told, um, like, the foster family, she's going to be with you till she's 18. Yeah. So, that was already – it was, like, a long care um, – long-time care, whatever it is, foster – situation. So the family knew that they were going to have it till she was 18. Whereas William had it hadn't been decided yet. What and they I were th- going to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that a lot of the things like, even like from other foster um, people, like kids that have been in foster care, they have said like, like I knew like that I had another mum and dad and I'd see them but they like these people were do you know what I mean feeding me looking after me so like to me they were my mum and dad I knew I was going to be with them till I was 18 and that's Mm. why I called them mum and dad so it's really I don't know you can't really I guess it's just depends on the situation whether you call them mum or dad or not.
0: Yeah and another interesting point is the few months leading up to like William's disappearance, apparently the foster parents had begun having the conversations with their social worker about formally adopting William. Yeah. Um, Which I think that would again mean like a long-term situation he'd be with them till they're 18. So from my point of view, the fact that the foster parents come out and say that, you know, they were aware they were foster parents. They were never trying to replace their mum and dad yet. You're going to, if you really are going to take them away from their yeah. biological parents, I don't really understand that. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's just my point of view. Um, but yeah, I guess. they must. <laughs> yeah. Have yeah reasons, I'm the same. So.
1: I feel, I feel like if they, if they were told from the get go, you're going to have both children till they're 18, but they're still going to be seeing their parents. Like, you know, that you're going to have custody of them till they're 18. If they call you mum and dad, that's great. If they don't, that's great. But uh, yeah, I don't know what the legal, like what sort of legal, um, like what it is legally if you adopt um, compared to foster. I think like foster, obviously you've got to um, do like certain checkpoints with the government. Like if you're going to go out of state or whatever, you've got to obviously let them know. Whereas if you're adopted, the children, I don't think you need a sort of report
0: up to anyone. That, that's no. my understanding what the
1: difference would
0: be, you know? Yeah, I think it's like if you adopt you're their legal guardian? Yeah. If you're in the foster system, you kind of are w- not working for the government, but you are a, re- a representative of like protective child services Yeah. and you provide temporary care for kids in foster situations. You don't have like any legal um what's the word? Like you don't have any legal rights like rights to decisions. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So maybe that's why, but then again, I don't really understand if they come out and say that they were never trying to replace them yet. They kind of were like, I don't don't really understand that personally, but you know, I've never been in a situation like that. Exactly. Yeah. So as we mentioned, we obviously can't say their identities. We don't know what their real names are, but it's actually interesting because when William disappeared, we, actually the media couldn't report that he was a foster child. I remember like for the first at least 12 months, no no one knew he was a foster child. We thought like that they were his actual parents. And then I think the um, like a judge just ruled that it's in his best interest to release that he was a foster child. So this wasn't information available as soon as he disappeared. Yeah, and the police really
1: didn't want that to come out. Like from my understanding, it was another like it was like a child advocate could tell straight away from the case just how they were like, do you know what I mean? They weren't reporting the um, the parents' names and things like that. She's like, he's in, she knew straight away that is a foster care child because obviously she had gone through the system. Yeah, And she alone took them to court. Yeah, Because she was the one saying he's like, she was like, apparently handing out flyers and like trying to obviously get like help the police, but in a different sort of way. And on her flyer it must have said that he is a foster care, child and they took her to court and she won Mm, Yep. um and it's really i think it's really like um interesting to say that his parents were actually like she's this lady that took them or that they took to court regarding this whole situation she's like well why don't we ask the birth parents what they want and they agreed that it should be do you know what I mean? like the, yeah, yep. exactly, that he is a foster child. So I thought that it was really interesting, whereas the foster parents and the police didn't want anything to do with it. They didn't want it to be released. They wanted it to, like, obviously
0: um, stay quite hidden. So, And it's also worth noting as well that the biological parents also didn't know the identities of the foster parents. They yep. didn't know where they lived. They didn't know their, I think they knew them on a first-name basis. That was it. Um, but. It's not like they, yeah, could just rock up to their house. The supervised visits were, you know, um, at a government park. I didn't even know this was yeah. a thing, and they yeah, were watched. Right. They were watched by three people when they'd meet their children. Yeah, that's odd. So, um, so that's a bit of background on the family. Um, so I guess the turn of events that happened. So in 2014, William was three years old, and on September the 11th, William, his foster parents, and his five-year-old sister travelled four hours from Sydney to um, Kendall, which is just like a small rural town outside of Sydney where his foster grandmother lived and she lived on a street called Benaroon Drive in Kendall. Apparently um, the foster grandmother's husband had recently passed away and the family were going there to help her kind of pack up the house and stuff like that. And they were going to stay for the weekend. And this was a Thursday night. Um, so the following day on September the 12th, this is the Friday, between the hours of 10 a.m. and 10.25 a.m., um, and this is reported by the Foster family, apparently William was playing hide-and-seek with his sister, um, you know, in the property. It's apparently a huge property. Um, and his foster mother, foster grandma, were watching them from the balcony. Um, his foster mother said she went inside to make a cup of tea and became worried when she couldn't hear him playing. Apparently he was like roaring and like you could just hear him playing and then it was like silent and she hadn't heard him for about five minutes. So she went outside to search for him and she couldn't find him. Um, and at this time, William's foster father had travelled to Lakewood, which was a larger town near Kendall, to make a like a Skype business call. There apparently wasn't much service in Kendall and he would just drive into town, do his business call and come back. I think he left at about 9.30 and returned or 9 and returned at 10.30. And when he returned, um, obviously William wasn't there and he started searching as well. He began knocking on neighbours' doors and walking up and down the streets, calling his name, trying to find him. So at 10.56, so... The foster mother says that somewhere between ten and ten twenty-five is when you know it's happened. That's when she's gone in to make a cup of tea. So only like not even half an hour later, she actually calls triple zero to report him as a missing person. Um, now, which is, which is quite quickly because they usually
1: say with kids, like obviously you think they're hiding. You, you you know, especially in that sort of like area, I feel like that's a really quick nine one one call.
0: Like yeah, like was- you said, it was like twenty minutes. Like that's. Quick. I was gonna say what you thought about that because if for I think for 20 minutes to make the call that he's not on the property when if you've seen pictures, it is huge. Um I that's another weird detail for me personally, but um you know, they obviously did the right thing. Call triple yep. zero, reported him as a missing person, and the police arrived at this house like 10 minutes later. So once the police established that he's not there, the police in Sydney visit his biological parents just to check in um, and they were able to corroborate the biological parents' whereabouts. So it's obvious that they hadn't, you know, gone and snatched him or whatever. They're kind of ruled out. Um,
1: and, and apparently, you know that, because he had, like you said, that younger brother that was playing in the backyard and when they got to the parents' house, they saw that
0: his yeah. brother
1: and they thought it was him. Yeah. Because he looked very similar. Yeah, because they're so similar, and she and the mum was heavily pregnant, like you said before, with the, mm-hmm. the fourth child. So they literally like had, and they were hours away as well. Yeah, so.
0: and they they provided, they they kind of said what they'd done that morning. They provided receipts and and you know they proved that they had you know they were in Sydney the whole time. Um, so at the time of William's disappearance, he was wearing a Spider Man costume, which is red and blue, very very distinctive. <coughs> You would see him, like, fairly easily, you would think. I don't think he had shoes on. Um, From the photos, he wasn't wearing shoes. He wasn't um, wearing shoes. That were released, yeah. So it's also hard to think of him wandering in the bush with no shoes on. But um, initially there was hundreds of police, SES volunteers and, like, members of the community searching all around looking for William. And the bushland that surrounded um, the foster grandmother's house was very, very rugged. Um, Volunteers apparently were coming out of the bush with ripped clothes and scratches all over them like it was really, really dense. Um, It was full of lantana. I only know that movie because we did it at
1: school, you know, that Australian (laughs) movie. But apparently this bush was full of it. What's lantana? It's like some plant, like like some sort of bush. It's like a dense shrub. Yeah, 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 I think so. And, and then that's like, anyway, it's like this random movie. I, I can't believe you don't know what it's <laughs> like. <Australian, laughs> no. But when I saw that word, I was like, hey,
0: th- I know that from a movie, but I think it's from, it's like some, I probably got it wrong now, but yeah, it's something <laughs> like that, some sort of bush thing. And there was like waterways and dams also around the area as well. And one interesting thing I remember hearing from the um, Where's William Tyrrell podcast, the foster mother said... While everyone was searching around, she was obviously out searching as well. And she was walking into the bush and she heard what she thought was a child in distress. Mm. So she followed the sound and it was taking her into the bush. And then she stopped all of a sudden and thought, it's too dense in here, there's no way William's in here and turned and went back. And that is freaking weird
1: because if you listen to some of her interviews, she actually says that, when she made that 911, sorry, we're in Australia <laughs> saying 911, that triple zero call. When she made that, she knew that he'd been taken. So, technically, if you know your child's been taken, why are you searching? Not only why are you searching, but if you hear a cry, I don't give a shit how dense this bush yeah. is. You're
0: going to go and see where the heck that's coming from. And I don't think she, it's not like, and forgive me if this is wrong, but I don't think that she turned around and then went and notified police this was a a small detail that she released later on yeah see that's weird that's because if if you came back and said to the police i can hear something in there i can hear something wouldn't like i I don't know that's that's just the impression i got that it wasn't reported straight that second
1: and honestly like let's be honest that's something you would report the second you heard it. if yeah if it was
0: my kid i would be running through that bush trying to see Excellent. You not give a shit. Yeah. Um, so they did like a land search in the area for about five days um, and they couldn't find anything. Um, and, and another interesting point as well, the foster parents have always, they don't say Williams disappeared. They always say Williams abducted. Mm. They always call it an abduction and they, like you said, had determined it was an abduction very, very, very early on. And I find that very odd. Same. Because that is not a situation you would want to even think of for your child. And I feel like at the beginning, you would think you would try not to think the worst. So the fact that they jumped to the worst conclusion straight away, I find weird. And I'm sorry, but it's not like it happened at, like, a
1: shopping centre or, like, Mm -hmm. he was out on the street playing. Then I could, like, you could sort of jump to that conclusion. I wouldn't be as, like, sceptical, but at a dead end street in a country town that's very random, how the heck is, like, it's literally, like, it's not like cars are driving past your house all the Mm -hmm.
0: time. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a quiet area. It's very interesting. And, like, they've said it themselves in interviews, like, this does not happen. This doesn't happen Mm. in a residential, quiet street. It's like, okay, it doesn't. So why did you jump to that conclusion so fast? Like, it's weird to me. The only thing that makes me, like like calm myself
1: self down about this whole thing is the Cleo situation because mm-hmm. so many people are like, who the heck, what random would go into a tent and steal a little girl? Like, yeah. and, and I was like, no, that can happen. Like, you know what I mean? So I was playing like, yes, I believe that. But for some reason with this, it doesn't add up. But I feel like they are similar situations
0: when it comes to a random in the middle of nowhere. You know what I mean? Well, you think of Cleo's parents when they were doing that Um, Press conference, and they were asked, Do you think Claire's been abducted? And they said, We hope that she hasn't. Yeah. Like they they didn't even think of that. They didn't want to think about that as a possible situation. So Mm. it's interesting to see how people, different people react in that situation.
1: But can I just ask you, do you think, right, that maybe because they're not the biological parents, like they can not think more clearly, but they have, I don't know, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying that they don't have a connection because obviously they've been raising him since he was like whatever, nine months, 11 months, whatever it is, old. So they've got that mother sort of um, child bond. But at the same time, it's not really your child. So maybe they think differently. I don't know. I'm just putting it out there.
0: Yeah, possibly. Yep. Um, I was going to say something. Sorry. No, no, that's <laughs> all right. Um, oh, it'll come back to me. Um, so... At the time, there was reports of two suspicious vehicles that were seen parked on the street. This was um, seen by um, the sister when she was out playing. She remembered seeing a car. I think the foster mother also said she saw a car, she thought, but didn't really put two and two together to think it was of interest. And I think a few neighbours had seen cars as well. So these were... Two cars, one was described as a white station wagon and the other was like an older style grey or dark green sedan and these were seen parked on Benarin Drive um, with the driver's side windows down and the rest were tinted, like the rest of the windows were really, really tinted. Um, but these cars have not been found since. And, and is that, are there cars that our that that uh, foster
1: mum reported?
0: She saw the grey sedan, I'm pretty okay. sure, but she didn't yeah. see the white one. I think the white one was seen by somebody else, like a neighbour in the street. Yeah. And I can't remember which car that the sister said she saw when she was out riding her bike. Yeah, um, I, re-
1: no, I remember that one because I think she was like, who's that, Mum, who's that? And she's like,
0: I don't know, like, must be the neighbour. Like, that was the story. That Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that um, report of her was about 9am driving past the house when they were riding their bikes. And it's reported that that car drove through a no through road, did a U turn in a neighbor's driveway, and then drove out of the street. Mm. Don't know who reported that, but anyway, there was also reports of like a four wheel drive looking car driving out of the street, like Benaroon Drive, at about ten thirty a.m. Um, also, I don't know,
1: where, like, that
0: where that came from. I've never heard. Of, I've only heard of the two the two cars. Yeah but this was in the podcast so i don't know where that came from another suspicious report um was of a like a middle-aged man that entered a bakery in Kendall in the in the main street of the town and apparently there was only one bakery and he kind of um popped his head in and asked for directions to there was a main road that intersected Bennerin Drive. Like you had to take this main road to get there, and he was asking for directions to that road. I think it was like Batar Creek Road or something like that. Ah, oh, interesting. And he was asking for directions to that road. Um, I, but- you know, I you know, I, I can't remember because I've done
1: so much reading and looking this week. I. I think that, you know, we're going to get into this in one sec, but there was um, the grandma was getting her washing machine repaired Mm. and I'm pretty sure that that man didn't know where Benaroon Drive was and he has said that he poked his head in somewhere and asked for directions there, but it was the day before. So I wonder if that's the same Possibly,
0: Yeah, possibly. And the days Um, are just muddled. Yeah, possibly. Um, We'll get, yeah, we'll get to him in a second. Um, so early in the investigation the police cleared um, the foster family of any involvement in the disappearance and they cleared the biological family of having anything to do with it and they were going off the um, belief that he was abducted by a stranger a stranger acting on opportunity so that was kind of where they were heading straight away um, and they looked up all like the convicted, sex offenders in the area. There was apparently like 20 living in the area at the time. Doesn't make you sick. It makes me know. sick, honestly. <laughs> Crazy. So there's a couple of people of interest in that list of registered sex offenders. So there was two guys that, were, that lived in the area and they reportedly met up on this day that he disappeared and they drove vehicles that matched the description of those parked on the street. But I don't think that's ever been... Proven that they were the cars, and they have denied having any involvement in Williams' disappearance. That was just a detail. I hadn't really heard about that before.
1: I think that these two—they were two sex offenders—and they had said they were going to collect scrap metal to sell together. These, yeah, yeah, together. Like, that yeah, sounds <laughs> sus. <laughs>
0: Um, another person of interest, and he was not on the registered sex offenders list at the time, but his name was Bill Spedding and as you mentioned, he was the washing machine handyman. So he had been to um, the foster grandmother's home a few days prior to look at the foster grandmother's uh, broken washing machine. Apparently he looked at it, ordered a part, and said, when the part comes in, I'll come back and, and I'll fix it. Um, so he was of interest because he'd been to the home and you know maybe the foster mother, grandmother mentioned that you know the kids were coming to stay. I don't know. Um, but while he was being looked into, like he was he was heavily targeted. While that was all happening, he was actually convict not convicted. He was charged with child sex offences in New South Wales and Victoria, but these charges were never laid. They were dropped. It was just something that happened kind of all at once. That's he, really, yeah. Um, he denied that he ever did anything and he denies having any involvement with taking William or anything like that. And he's actually suing the New South Wales government for like reputational damage because if you remember, he was like the key guy the, maze. In the news. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they've determined that he, he was not involved as well. And there's evidence because there's actual evidence.
1: This is the thing with his alibi. Like apparently he had gone and had breakfast with him. So his wife is his alibi, but they'd gone and had breakfast at, I don't know, some cafe. So they have they not only gave obviously the police the receipt, but the it was connected to the bank account. So I get that. Like they might be like, oh, that could have just been your wife. How do we know you were there? But mm. then he went and watched. Um, Apparently he had children in his care, which is Yeah, scary. I don't get this. I don't get yeah. this. Yeah.
0: Several children, I, yep. I've heard,
1: Yeah, In his care, right, and, he, and one of them was getting an award at like the school assembly or something, some school thing, and he had gone there and um, with his wife and they obviously watched their child get this award. So I feel like they couldn't find a lot of people to alibi him at the school, but they knew the songs that were played and I think that there was at least one other person that saw them there. Mm-hmm. And you'd think that the children would be able to like, his children yeah. that were, he was looking after would be able to alibi him. So, I mean, if it's, if you know what, if he did that stuff that he was charged with, then like stuff him sort of thing. But if yeah. he didn't, and this was all just to do with the William case and to sort of bring him down, that's pretty sad.
0: Yeah, well, I read that he said he came out and said that the the sex offenses that he was being charged with were committed by his brother-in-law, ex Is brother-in-law. It? Yeah. So he yeah. was married to some lady years ago, and his her brother was like a complete pedophile in Sydney, like he was yeah. real real messed up, and that, um, yeah, he had done these things, not not Bill, and it was all like really convoluted and twisted, and yeah, that that's what he said.
1: You know what and I can see the police, I know this is really bad, and like I'm not saying it like they like take a dig at like poli- like the police, but I can see them just looking for anything to be able to do you know what I mean like mm-hmm. obviously put pieces together and I don't know if they've got a tunnel vision or what's happened, but
0: yeah, yeah,
1: it's pretty crazy
0: yeah, so um since William has disappeared, there's been thousands of sightings, some of these have been like really silly, like, oh, there's a kid in a Spider-Man costume at the shopping (laughs) centre, like really stupid. But there has been some legitimate sightings and one of these was on a flight to New Zealand and police actually received three separate calls, some from crew, some from passengers on the plane. They weren't related at all. It's not like they'd sat there and spoken to each other on the plane. They all called separately and said there was a boy on the plane that looked like William. So the police met the plane when it landed on the tarmac and determined that this wasn't William. Um, there was also another sighting in Queensland of a little boy with an older lady who apparently looked identical to William um, and police were getting ready to go and meet like meet this these people and it was also determined that it wasn't William but almost looked identical to him. Wow. But there's been a couple a couple of sightings. Um, so in 2014 a task force was set up called Strike Force Roseanne. this is still, an active task force to this day. Um, So they're still like constantly investigating it. And a few years after William disappeared, the New South Wales government announced a $1 million reward, which was the largest ever reward offered in New South Wales history. And apparently the foster parents really fought hard to get that $1 million reward. Apparently initially it was it was gonna be fifty thousand and the foster parents came back and said, Are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. We want it to be one million and that's what it was. That's crazy. Yeah, I read about how they actually like even achieved that, that they,
1: you know, that they did um, I think then it was like a special song or something made for William and they sort of had like a little um a full thing. For him, but with like the higher ups, like, do you know what I mean, like politicians and like, do you know what I mean, people with power. And once they must have met them and actually sat and seen his story, then they decided like, all right, this is, do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. This is enjoy. what we've got to do. Yeah. Um, so as I mentioned, the task force has been active since 2014 and still is. There's been various searches done over the years in you know parcels of land and things like that where they've received information from the public or they've received a tip and they've just gone out and searched, but they haven't come up with anything too much. Um, no notable things really have been found um, up until a few weeks ago, which we'll go into at the end. But another thing I wanted to mention about this strike force, Roseanne, was the, the head detective, his name was Gary Jubelin, and he was like a very good detective he was apparently you know called new south wales top cop he was in the underbelly series yeah (laughs) he was like like the guy you want if you you, do what i mean to get
1: if you've got like a case you know
0: yeah and apparently the foster parents were really happy with gary and how he was handling the case and they like loved that they had someone so experienced on the case but he was actually taken off the case a couple of weeks before the um, case went to the coroner's court because apparently he'd like recorded someone like without their consent or something. And this was someone to do with the William Chill disappearance. Like he was actively obviously investigating someone and he must have recorded a conversation on his mobile phone or something, which obviously not allowed to do as a policeman. Yeah, it was with. Do you know who it was with? No. So apparently, right there's this neighbor across oh, the road. Oh, is this
1: Paul Savage? Yes. Well, is that yeah. the name? Yeah, that name. Yes. Yeah, so it's yeah. a guy across the road. It's like this older man, right? Yeah. And he um must have been having convos with him, and he was recording him, um obviously without his knowledge. But um I'm pretty sure that Gary's main um sort of theory, obviously this was like a more recent sort of theory, is that maybe it was an accident, like either um. Paul or his wife accidentally ran over William, and they've covered oh, it up. Yeah, okay. Um, or something like some something along those lines, but they did heaps to to like do you know what I mean, sort of get this guy to confess. Not only confess, but like I don't know if you've heard this story. There's this story, right? And I was like, oh my gosh, this is such a, like a movie thing, right? <laughs> so this old guy, he used to go out for walks like every morning. Mm-hmm. So what they did was they put, like, a Spider-Man suit along because it's, like, all bushy bushland, like, the walk that he goes on, right? So they put, like, a Spider-Man costume, like, along the trail he walks every morning to see what would happen, Mm. to see whether he'd, like, pick it up, hide it, like, how he'd react. And the first morning he saw it, he sort of looked at it, turned away and just kept walking. And they also bugged his house. So and he used to talk to himself because his wife had passed away. So he sort of used to talk to, I don't know if he was talking to his wife, but like mm. he'd talk to himself, you know? And um, and the first morning he didn't say anything. He like he looked at it, but he kept walking. And obviously they're like, oh, let's try again. So they tried again the next morning. And the next morning, like they again they left it on his trail, and he saw it properly, and he went straight home and reported it to police. Mm-hmm. But they were going at him, like, why didn't you report it the day before? And he's like, I actually just didn't see it. Like, I didn't yeah. know what it was, you know. Um, But, yeah, I think they did a lot of things just to um, try and get him. Yeah, get him. And obviously,
0: like, the fact that he even reported it and didn't touch it, I feel yeah. like is a huge, huge, like, thing, like, you know. Because his story was, like, um, on the day that William disappeared the foster dad came and knocked on his door and said, oh, have you seen a little boy? And Paul Savage said, no, but I'll help you search. And then, then apparently he got lost in the bush for two hours. Yeah. While he was searching or something like that. And he was actually requested to be at the coronial inquest, Paul Savage was, and he had no idea why. Um so that's another interesting point. But Gary Jubelin obviously couldn't attend the coronial inquest because he was taken off the case. I think he's since even resigned from the police. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that theory really died with Gary. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know what's actually because Gary's got a uh,
1: podcast and I listened to an episode because obviously they've done a um, William Tyrrell update. So that was, I think he only released it a week or two ago, which was really interesting to listen to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, So that's kind of, like for me, where the information ends. But obviously in the news in the last few weeks, there's been a lot of movement around the William Tyrrell case and there are certain things we're allowed to say and there's certain things we're not. And we'll try and be as indirect as possible (laughs) because we don't want to get sued. (laughs) But it also was released to the media and then taken away. So a lot of you may have already seen some some information that we talk about. So a few weeks ago the police began searching three key locations and this was in the backyard, like the the yard of the foster grandmother's home. One was a patch of bushland about a kilometre away from the home And another was like a creek that was located on private land near the foster grandmother's home. So these were the three locations that they're searching. They're still currently searching them now. Um, The patch of land on the property is apparently below the balcony. And I think they're working on one theory that he possibly fell from the balcony while he was at home playing. I don't know if that's one of many. I'm not sure. But also they've taken the foster grandmother's car and seized that for forensic testing as well, which is do interesting. Reckon, do you reckon that this is because they've uh, they've said that it is
1: to do with new evidence? Yeah. Do you reckon it's something that's come up in the inquest or like info somewhere? I reckon that like because obviously the inquest is still going.
0: Yeah, it is, yeah.
1: So is this something like? I, it makes me think. Like, was did someone say something at that inquest, and another person heard and thought that doesn't add up, or something's like you know what I mean? Or like they've relooked. Obviously, new technology they've relooked at particular things and been like, "Hang on a sec, like
0: something's well, it's off here." It's interesting you say that because Gary Jublin has come out and said that he sometimes uses coronial inquests as tools yes. to to like like prod at people or um yeah like he'll use them to get further info um, yeah further info further legalities to be able to interview some people because sometimes he doesn't he said you don't have enough evidence to bring someone in for questioning but if the coroner determines that there's something there you can yes, so see? he he said he's used those in the past to get information so it's possible yeah that it's come from the coronial inquest but a lot has come out um i think and The police, this is something we can say, the police have said that the foster mother is a person of interest, not a suspect, like not like a full-on suspect being brought in for questioning, but she is a person of interest at this point in time. And she has since had a child removed from her care and this child has taken out an AVO against her. We can't say. um, (laughs) Who the child is. (laughs) Who the child
1: is. It was reported like two weeks ago, and you could probably find it online. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. So um, that's happened as well, and I think it was like assault that was mm. the reason why why the child was taken out of her care. Um, hey, although
1: I did read somewhere as well that this it very it was like very minor. Whatever this whatever this assault thing was, or whatever it was. Um, I'm pretty sure it's actually a judge or someone's come out. I read it somewhere again. I don't know who knows where because I've read so much crap this week, but mm. it's come out that she um, that it's the, these charges is very minor. So I wonder if that's just something so they can get
0: her to crack or something like who knows. I also read that this child that was taken out of her care had been in her care for a while and had, as she's gotten older, she's remembered things from when she was young mm. as well. So I don't know what those things are, but that's an interesting point. Um, I wonder
1: if this child was interviewed at this inquest, like if she's in
0: the care
1: mm. of, of yeah. the foster, do you know what I mean, family, like maybe they'd interview the child just to see where, do you know what I mean, like if they've heard anything, if they've seen anything, if their parents ever talk about what happened in the past, you know.
0: Yeah, so at this point in time, if we just do a quick summary, foster mother is a person of interest. They're searching the grandmother's home. They're searching some land near the grandmother's home and a creek nearby the grandmother's home. So take that how you want. Um, But they also discovered as they were searching, they found um, like some pieces of fabric, red and blue fabric, um, that they've taken for forensic testing. But there's something like I just want to mention as well. And the... This whole search that they've been doing over the last few weeks, apparently, and the media are obviously there reporting on everything, but there was a photo taken of the police with the Spider-Man costume holding up this piece of fabric that they found comparing it. And I read a few things online like, oh, that looks like it's so staged. Like, yeah. it, Like they were doing it in front of the cameras on purpose.
1: Yeah, because I feel like they wouldn't do that.
0: No, I don't think so either.
1: It's um, all up. It's thirteen things that have been sent for testing. Yeah, that's a lot. That is heaps. Yeah, but in saying that, look, actually, wait, keep going because, like, I've got so many questions for you that I just want to talk about.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. And the one of the pieces of fabric was near the creek, and they've since drained that creek as well. But I think they're still draining it as as we t- as we speak. So maybe in the next week we'll we'll know. Um, but yeah, that's really all I've found from what's happening at the moment. Do you have
1: anything else? There's a few things. Like, obviously I want to talk about what you think possibly could have happened. But one of the things which we haven't even spoken about is on the morning that William disappeared, his mum had taken a photo and that's the photo that it's probably like the main photo you'll see. You Google his name. Any, like, report on William, he's in that little Spider-Man um, co- costume, like, on a deck. Yeah. And there's, like, ones that you can see, like, I don't know, I think it's like one of them zoomed in, but there's like a few sort of different photos of him playing on the deck and in the background there's one and his like grandma or the foster grandma, I should say, is in her slippers like reading a paper and his sister's like nearby on the deck also. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've obviously blurred out their faces and, the, you know what I mean, like he's drawing and things like that. Um, and I'm pretty sure that originally or even in general, I'm pretty sure that photo, right, it actually has said to have been taken. Hang on, let me just find. The exact, do you know what time it was I'm pretty sure the photo is at 9 45 yeah
0: very very close
1: to yeah. right so and she claims that he was um playing on the deck between 10 let's say 10 a.m and 10 15 10 20 right so it's literally half an hour before he's gone missing yeah and my thing was like originally I was like what happens if you but you'd have to really think ahead of this right but if you screenshot photos would that that would change the time
0: to so of... the current time you screenshot it. Yeah. Yes, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, I wonder if you, if your phone would know that you've done screenshots. Well, I think this was taken on a digital
1: camera. Yeah, oh, exactly. That's what I was going to ask you as well. So I read as well that it was taken on a digital camera, and I saw articles, and these articles were freaking from years ago, and some of the times said like seven thirty something a.m. Mm-hmm. So. I guess my question was what, how, you know, on an old school camera, the time on there, because it's not like connected to anything. Yeah, it's not necessarily accurate. Yeah, exactly. So how do they actually know that those photos were taken at 9.45 and they weren't taken so much earlier that day? Unless
0: she said that the time was correct on her digital camera. But exactly, then you're just taking her word for it. Yeah.
1: And that's my biggest thing with this case is, the time frame, like mm. if it was her, there is no freaking way that I don't think she could do it in that amount of time. No. If it was an accident, think about how quick you'd have to be. Let's just say, like you said, like 10, 15, 10, 20. All right, she looks for what, like half an hour and then calls the police. What the heck has happened in that half an hour? And the dad's not there yet. So yeah. we're thinking like if it's just the grandmother and sorry the foster grandmother and the foster mum. Mm. like that does not leave a lot of time and if the, no. their search was that hardcore how the heck has was nothing found that morning
0: yeah i agree and I think sorry, sorry the time sorry.
1: the time just doesn't add up add up no and we obviously know that William got to the uh, the grandmother's house because there's, like, evidence of them pulling into, like, the Caltechs, like, McDonald's. Like, yeah. There's evidence of them. So we know he definitely was there, right? Yeah. We know that the dad – see, this is the thing. Like, I feel like for three people to be involved, that's why I was always, like, it's too far – like, it's hard to keep a secret. Yeah. But if it's only two people,
0: yeah. that's a I, lot. I personally think that the foster dad, like – Let's just say the foster mum is responsible. Um, Yeah, I think the foster father is oblivious to anything that's happened. I think to this day he truly believes he's gone missing. Like if if the foster mother knows something and she's put on this big charade for the whole nation, I still think that the foster father is completely oblivious to what's going on
1: because you know originally like when i first started looking into the, i think i messaged you this week i'm like he has to be involved like, i honestly at the start of the week i'm like he has to be involved and in my head like my sort of running theory was again i, I don't think it was purpose but something's happened um mm. he's got he did have a skype meeting that morning but i thought he might have left the house a lot earlier do you know what i mean like got I don't know it sounds horrible, but got rid of William, like his remains, and then gone, done the Skype meeting, picked up his prescription, picked up the paper. And then he when he's because he actually um sent her a um voice message with Suri saying, be home in five. Yeah. And in my head, I was like, okay, maybe that's like, all right, get ready, we're gonna call the cops. Yeah. Like that's what was my original sort of like, that's what where I was going. But now, the more I think about it, the more you're probably right that it might have been the mum, mm. the foster mum and the grandma and something's happened accident and she obviously knows that her husband might do you know what I mean like, like you' like be the voice of reason type of thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly and they're like she, like whether it's she doesn't want to lose it because one of my things is like why wouldn't you just freaking call that I don't get it why wouldn't yeah. you call
0: the ambulance? That's what I don't understand. Well doesn't I don't know sense. if maybe she was assaulting the children. Maybe she was strict. I don't know, and she thought that if they find him, if that she calls an ambulance or whatever, maybe they'll take them off her.
1: Yeah, and that's 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 one of the things, right? That um, yeah, whether her husband would be angry at her or that yeah. she'd she'd lose custody of William's sister. But um, there's a few things. I don't know if you've actually read the Foster, like, and this, I don't, they had known about this, but I don't know if this has come back up. And that's why they're like, hang on a sec, we should look into this. But apparently, a few days before um, they went up to um, Kendall, she'd actually e- sent an email and it was regarding William being a little bit difficult. And one of the things she had said in this email was close to giving up or giving in. That's an actual, and okay. that's an actual email she sent. Yeah. Um, but the, see, again, the only thing, again, going back with this is William's sister because you know that they've, they interviewed William's sister. She was four years old mm. at the time. She gave a statement and she actually, like the police came and did like a walk through, like through the scene with her. Yeah. And she literally like her story matched up and think about trying to get a four-year-old to like you know like lie
0: I feel like that would be really hard.
1: Yeah yeah that's true.
0: So that's something that like maybe she was afraid. Maybe they maybe they'd gone through with her before and she was afraid of her foster mum.
1: Yeah that 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 could work. Because even like it's one of the things as well is like she his sister literally had to live with this without anyone knowing. So at her kinder, this was a secret. No one knew she was William's sister. Like imagine how that would feel.
0: Yeah, this is another thing I found odd. So the foster parents have come out and said they don't want her identity known because they want her to live a normal life as possible. They don't want her to be known as William Tyrrell's sister. But if it was me, I would want to remember my brother. Yeah, you know, like as much as I wouldn't want to be known as William Terrell's sister, I would want people to like remember that he's still missing. I guess, but she's a child; she doesn't really get a say in that. I don't think.
1: I think um, the Foster
0: family have said though, like they're not saying that
1: she—they never want her identified. They want her to make that decision whether yeah. she wants to be identified.
0: And I do get that. Like I, I do understand why they've made that decision. I'm not. I, I wouldn't like. um You know, I wouldn't have a go at them about that or anything, but I think it's fair. But one thing as well I wanted to talk to you about, have you listened to any interviews that the foster um, mum and dad have done?
1: Yeah, I've literally
0: got, can I tell you,
1: I wrote some notes and I've got interviews in big bowls. I'm like, I just wanted. I did want to talk about that
0: with you definitely. So I feel like the foster mum talks the most Mm -hmm. and she talks over the foster dad. Yeah the foster dad will be saying something and she just talks completely over him. Doesn't even acknowledge that he said anything. Yeah. And I just, I just find her personality in those interviews to be really like aggressive, mm. not aggressive, overbearing. Maybe that's the right word, but he, yeah, she just talks over him. Like he's not even there.
1: <laughs> Can I tell you that before all this happened in the last few weeks, what were your thoughts on this case?
0: Oh, see, I don't know. I had no idea. Yeah. And, and I feel like I, the media with everything, oh, she's a person of interest. Now I'm thinking, wow, that would make sense.
1: Yeah. And and it's really funny that the media play tricks with you because originally everyone's like, ah, it was this, like that washing machine guy. And then like even like I know that I looked, like I'm not obviously as hardcore as I have, mm-hmm. like looked into it, Um. But I had looked into bits and pieces. And originally, I I always thought to myself, it's freaking weird. Like, in general, I did think it was weird just in that, do you know what I mean? Obviously, he was in foster care, that it was a dead-end street, that it was in the middle of, do you know what I mean? Nowhere. um, No one followed them. they looked into all this stuff. But in my head the way that it had been ruled out, like the time frame, the photo being taken, apparently there was like, they had said that they were having tea. There was like a half a cup of tea found at the scene. Um, a neighbor had said that they heard children playing that morning. Um, she had gone and asked neighbors for help almost immediately. So these sort of things were
0: making me feel like, Mm. Like I can see how they ruled her out because. And and multiple police, like multiple detectives on the case before, like the guy that was before Gary Jublin, everyone had ruled them out. Yes, Every been single ruled one. Out more than once. 100%. Yeah. yeah.
1: And another freaking huge thing is the canine unit, they arrived at the scene quite quickly mm-hmm. and they didn't smell like anything only within the boundaries so there's two different like the canine unit obviously looks for william's scent and they didn't hit on anything like a live scent you know yeah um and they worked all night obviously through the bush it's actually really sad apparently the dog worked so hard it was covered in ticks and it collapsed in the end because it was what i mean like trying so hard um but the cadaver dog didn't hit on anything either yeah i think that's freaking crazy because If that's at the scene, how did that not hit? Like, these are things I'm saying, like, earlier on that made me more comfortable with ruling them out. Yeah. Um, but there is something freaking nuts, right, is that, if, you know that they live close to a cemetery? Like, oh, the yeah. house is very close to a cemetery, yeah. right? And obviously, this is so specula- speculative, <laughs> like, don't sue me, but like, her father, remember, he had passed away quite um like recently yeah and he was at that cemetery yeah so it makes me think like could they have put the body this is so speculative what in his in his grave (laughs) yeah because like i know that you know it takes a while like when someone passes it takes a while before you get the tombstone and all that sort of stuff yeah and that was really, as I said, the cemetery is very close by to where the home is. But if there was no tombstone on there, once, like, it's usually it's just like a whole bunch of dirt. If they did put the body in there and then cover, like, do you know what I mean, and then do the tombstone, let's just say a few months later, who the fudge is ever going to look that up? <laughs> Mm. Have a hard <laughs> yeah. i don't know how that. <laughs>
2: okay. that's
1: but a big still, stretch but still but where else would the body be and think about it the cadaver dogs at a cemetery there's how many dead bodies have they yeah that, that
0: that's a good point
1: you know and it's it's not like the is like they're ages away like i'm pretty sure the cemetery is like up the road
0: yeah okay
1: it's not like they had to have driven like freaking hours away. It was up the road. The only thing is it makes it me think it's broad daylight, very unlikely. If it happened in the middle of the night, I'd be more like, but this is the only thing. Like I feel like the time frame. if they had the evening, I'd be so up for that theory. I'd be like, that's where it is, whatever. Yeah. But um, the fact that it's the morning during the day, obviously it's a lot more far-fetched, but Um, Sorry, two things I need to tell you as well. I don't know if you heard rumours that his mum had two mobile phones.
0: The foster mum.
1: Foster mum, sorry. Okay, yeah. So there's a rumour that she had two mobile phones and there is, is, I'm pretty sure it's a fact that his mum actually, foster mum, sorry guys, (laughs) left the house in the foster grandmother's car that morning when he first went missing. Like that's weird. Because think about it, why would you leave the house if you just think he's wandered off? Yeah. And she drove near a ride, this that riding school, which is one of the places of interest at the moment that they're digging up. Yeah. And she pulled over, apparently to the side of the road to give another car away. And while she was pulled over, she got out of the car and just had a quick sort of look around and thought, oh, there's no way he would have come up this far. Then got back in her car and driven back to the house. I just think that's a really, like, where did she go with that car? And maybe have they found that driver that she gave way to? You know what I mean?
0: Like, So this is when she's realised he's missing and she's gone out and driven around.
1: So this is before the foster dad gets home and this is um, once she's realised he's missing, she leaves Mm. in her mother's car to go somewhere. That is sus.
0: But then the dad would have had the other car. Yeah. So... I can kind of see that. However, like it makes me think. So when I'm um,
1: on foot and he's a little kid, where the heck are you going? Like that's weird. Isn't well, weird?
0: no, well, this is a interesting story for you. So my little brother, you know, my brother, si, he's 14 oh, years yes. younger than me when we were younger. So I was in high school my stepdad used to get up quite early for work and my little brother was a bit mischievous. He used to always try and open the, <laughs> open the front door. So we used to put one of those um, like horizontal locks but really high where he couldn't reach and we would lock it like so he couldn't open the door. And my um, stepdad left for the morning but he must have gone out another door or something and he forgot to snub this door closed. So when my mum and me and my sister had gotten up for school that morning, Cy si wasn't in the house. And we were like freaking out, obviously. We checked everywhere in the house. My mum called the police straight away and said he's not in the house and we immediately jumped in the car and drove around and we found him probably, I want to say, between five and ten kilometres away from our house. Wow. Up at some fence talking to the cows or something. Like he'd walked. He was only two at the time and he had walked that far in maybe an hour. Or
1: so like. But wait, but what you said there is the main point. Can I tell you, that is so freaking creepy. I remember you telling me <laughs> even your reaction. You're like, he'll be fine. I actually what? remember
0: this story. My, my sister was crying. My mum was frantic. And I'm like, he's surely not far. He's surely not far away. Oh. <laughs> and he wasn't. He wasn't that far away. Like, you know.
1: But sorry, the, my main thing was your, what you said is that it was an, like you, about an hour. You'd say, Yeah. 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 N- with William, it was only like fifteen minutes. But then
0: we were thinking like he's gotten up when my stepdad has left and gone at that point. And when yeah. we woke up, it was an hour later. So I think that's why my mum called so quickly, quickly because she's like, who knows how long he's been out of the house for? And we don't know <laughs> and where he's gone. <laughs> I'm but dying. happy is. ending we found him and our dog followed him the whole way. Oh so <laughs> To protect him. That's so yeah. cute, Lucky. Um, but it it was a it was a while away. What he wasn't not. It's not like he was like a few streets over or or anything. He was a while away. Um, mm. and he was only two, so it's not yes. like he could have run fast or anything. So I don't know. I it's it's hard to. I don't really know how I feel, and I feel like because they've put her as a person of interest, I am thinking.
1: Now, we're going It's everything. possibly
0: true. But I also was surprised at the Greg Lynn for The High Country. Like, that surprised me. And I feel like I'm going to be surprised with this as well. Yeah. I really don't know. I really don't know how I feel. And that's that's what I mean. Like, I'm sort of
1: playing devil's advocate where it comes to, like, the timeline because it doesn't add up. Like, the only way this could have happened is everything in the timeline needs to be shifted. That's the only way, honestly, um, if it was her. And even, like you said, her interviews and stuff, she – is a freaking i think i literally messaged you this week she's an amazing actress because the Mm. way she talks the way she um like represents her and her family i know what you mean where she does interrupt and stuff like that but if you listen to the stuff she she says all the right things yeah she actually says like you know like when you think like a voice would be cracking like ready to cry it's literally she's got tears when um I don't like, like, she's always like, it's always about William. We're never going to give up. I don't give a shit if it goes. She, she's a very big advocate of it. Not going to cold cases. Like she does not want it there.
0: And she is happy for people to take her through the ringer. Yes. And that's the thing that makes you think, okay, she really does. She doesn't care about herself in this situation. And, And that's
1: what I mean. Like this, I'm, I'm very torn as well. Like there's definitely things that are sus and even the 911 call. Again, you can look on um, the internet about like, I think maybe we'll pop it in the episode. We will. Yeah, we'll pop it in here. Police emergency,
2: this is Simone. Yeah, hi. My son
1: is missing. He's three and a half.
3: Okay. Um,
2: sorry. What's your address?
3: Benaroon Drive,
2: yep. Kendall. Okay. Room Drive in Kendall. Yes. All right. I'm just going to bring that up on my map. I won't be a moment. Thank you. How long has he been missing?
3: I th- well, I think, well we've been looking in for him now for about 15 or 20 minutes, but okay. I thought it could be five, it could be longer because was just playing around here, we heard him and then we heard nothing.
2: Okay, so what the nearest cross street being it, Ellendale Crescent, uh, is that right? So That's
3: what is it? Ellendale Crescent? I don't know, my, this is my mum's house. I, okay. Um, hang on, there's another lady out helping us look, see him, I'll see if I can find her. But it's Benaroon B E N yep. Yeah, I can
2: see I can see where you are. I'm just wondering, yeah, so it was, it's Benaroon Drive in Kendall and I just thought I've got you nearest Cross Street as being Ellendale Crescent.
3: It could be, I don't know.
2: Okay. So he's been missing since about ten thirty?
3: Yeah, I'd say so.
2: Okay. Can you describe him to me? How tall obviously not very tall, No, he's, he's, he,
3: he'd be about two and a half feet. He's wearing a Spider Man outfit. Yep. What colour um, hair has he got? He's got um, dark, sandy coloured hair. It's short. And he's got really big, uh, browny-green coloured eyes. Okay. What's he getting in his shoes on?
2: Do you know any, any other distinguishing
3: features? Um, 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 he has... Oh, he's got a freckle on the top of his head when you cut the hair on the left-hand side. Yep. You'll see a freckle on the top of his okay. head. Okay.
2: All right you know where he might have gone?
3: Um, we're li- we actually live, well, my property is near a State Forest. Okay. And they're on huge blocks. We've walked up and down Benaroon Drive and we can't find him.
2: Okay. What's his name? William. What's William's surname?
3: Uh, Tyrell, Tyrrell. T Y R R E L L.
2: Okay. Has he been known to sort of go anywhere? Soon? No, Did this you... is the first time. The so first time. He's get out of off. character wasn't anyone um, suspicious in the area, any vehicles? No, 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 no.
3: Okay. Well, not that I'm no, not that I'm aware of. We just—I was out there talking with mum and my other daughter. So,
2: okay.
3: And we heard him roaring around the garden, and then I thought, oh, I haven't heard him. I would better go okay. check on him. and Okay.
2: All right. Find him. We'll send police to see you at Benaruin driving Kendall. And yes, also please. get that um, a message broadcasted to all the cars. People look out for him as well. Yes, okay. Exactly. Thanks. All very right. Much. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye.
1: Um, Yeah. Yeah. So you've hopefully listened to it or you're just about to, but um, the 911 call, there's this thing on the um, internet that you can find. It's like a summary of like somebody's going through her word by word and sort of like just assessing her reaction and about how it's like, hi, it's like very polite Mm -hmm. um, and stuff like that. So that's one thing. Like if you hear about, like she does say, I'm pretty sure she says my son is missing. Yeah. Or I can't find him, or whatever. But her story hasn't really changed. changed no. Much. So I'll give her credit for that. As as you said, like they've put her through the ringer. Like everything from like phones to searching the house. Nothing. Um, the cadaver dogs didn't hit at the scene. Didn't hit, Haven't hit anywhere. Which is all really positive. Do you know what I mean? As in for ruling her out. And um, really interesting. Note again with Gary. You know he was saying that they were ruled out. Hmm. One of the things Gary did do was um, like the lead detective is obviously they were ruled out with the first guy that had, had them and then they, uh, that guy retired and then Gary got the case and then he's like, no, you know what, we've got to look into them. So they did. And what they did is they didn't tell them. They came into the um, police station I think for another reason and he said, listen, you're not going to like me today but we've got to do this. He separated the parents straight away, yeah. interviewed them both separately and bugged their car, right? So then they obviously they weren't allowed to talk to each other for the whole day. They interviewed them both and then they got back into their car and obviously on the way home they are bagging, like they are probably pissed about it. But at the same time they're like, well, he's doing his job yeah. and they not once mentioned anything in that car on the way home. Yeah. So it's like what you said, that foster father has no freaking idea and it's the mum and the foster, um sorry, the foster mum and the mom. foster grand mom, or it's... You know, nothing, yeah. it wasn't, I, I don't know. Well, the foster grandmother's since died as well. Oh, was... Sorry, i got to tell you one more thing that you said that. That's <clears throat> another thing. Do you reckon that something was found in the foster grandmother's possessions? That that was the new evidence. Possibly. Because she now, died this year. And she was in a nursing home though, wasn't she? Yeah, but who knows what she had in that nursing home. Imagine she had something, or like a confessional, who knows? Possibly. Yeah, maybe it was like on her
0: deathbed or something.
1: Because mm, that, that honestly is another... Thing that's crazy that that's huge that that's happened this year. She was part of it, and now there's new information or new evidence. Information this year made me think like maybe something happened
0: there. Yeah, you know, possibly. Very interesting. Mm. Hopefully, over the next few weeks, we find out what's
1: what's happened and um, send us
0: your theories as well. Yeah. All right. So, look, we actually
1: should have mentioned this at the start that this was requested. Um, for us to cover this case, and it was requested by Danny and Mark. Um, And Mark actually sent me his theory and just, do you know what I mean, like what we're thinking really. And he had said um, that he was thinking that maybe the sister had remembered something about that day. Yeah. Um, And maybe that was like the new evidence, like she's gone, do you know what I mean, like whether it's at the um, inquest. Yeah. Yeah. So um I thought that was a really interesting Yeah, I did read point. that she had remembered things or cuz she's older maybe she's not as scared to speak up or maybe she's like confided in someone, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, she'd be 12 or 13 now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah. I've got so many thoughts on this case. Hopefully yeah. we just get some answers in the next coming weeks and um the police have said they're very confident
0: that they're going to recover williams yeah yeah Yeah. um but yeah we'll obviously keep everyone updated each week with what's happening um but yeah hopefully we'll find out soon yes um but if you have a case you want us to cover send us a message on instagram our instagram handle is at caffeine crime and canines yes and rate and review if you can rate and review that would be amazing i know i say it every week um (laughs) but
1: yeah we would be very thankful
0: all right until next week thank you until next week bye bye